Welcome to Wild Women Who Write Take Flight. As women writers, we want to recognize the importance of supporting one another because together we are stronger. Our goal is to provide this support through discussions about developing character, setting, plot, and dialogue. We will include interviews, panel discussions, and informal chats. Our flight is organic and our journey is ongoing. We hope you will join us along the way. Tonight, while Women Who Write take flight, we're going to try something really a little bit different. Instead of talking about books in the traditional way, we're going to delve into our books differently. We're going to examine our main characters, but we're also going to become our main characters, which we're hoping is going to be a lot of fun. But it's going to be a challenge because we realize that we put some of ourselves in our books but that at some point, and I think I'm speaking for everybody, our characters kind of take on a life of their own and we have to do what they want to do. But before we get started, or to let her go first, we want to introduce one of the wild women who's been with us for uh, since the beginning, but she's only joining us tonight for the first time for the podcast. She will be with us as long as we can stand each other. <laughs> and this is Miss April Gilbeck. Thank you, Kathy. Um, I'd like to start off with a little background for myself. I'm uh, formerly from New York, and I've been living down at Atlanta for many, many years. I was a freelance writer and journalist on Long Island, New York, and Asheville, North Carolina, for a number of years. And uh, I've been probably down south longer than I've lived in the North, but I still feel like a fraud when I say, hey, y'all, I haven't mastered that yet. Uh, like always, I enjoy reading more than writing, since I'm always looking for something interesting that I could plagiarize. Only kidding, really. I'm working on a second book, and it's almost semi-autobiographical. Uh, like my character, Casey Hunt. I was an antique stealer while I lived in Asheville. Uh, I participated in a designer show house. The difference between Casey and I is that uh, I never found someone murdered, thankfully. Okay. Uh, we'll hear more from Casey speaking for herself. Uh, but Gabby, tell us a little bit about who you're going to be talking about tonight. I'm going to be talking about my uh, protagonist, uh, from south of Happily, and her name is Katie Kiss. She is a, a Hungarian-American, first-generation Hungarian-American, and um, because the story is kind of semi-autobiographical, um, I really kind of am Katie. I kind of feel like it, you know, when, um, what's his name, says it on Iron Man, and he says, I am Iron Man, because <laughs> people, have, a lot of people have asked me, and the truth is, I am Kate Kiss. <laughs> and now we all know. I know. And I can say y'all. <laughs> I'm unashamed. And uh, Kim is, hers is, taps into some of the same themes that we all deal with, but not just universal themes, multi-universal themes. Tell, <laughs> tell us about your character, Kim. Yes, um, normally I would be talking about uh, my OCD book, You're Not a Murderer, You Just Have OCD. But tonight, since we're talking about characterization and since we're going to become these characters, since I already am myself in the OCD book, um, I'm going to be talking about a sci-fi novel that I finished a few years back um, called Steel and Yuri's. And the character that I'm going to be 
um, from Stealing Aries is Harlow Hanson. So you're going to be hearing from Harlow tonight from uh, the Forgotten Mars Colony. Harlow is a really cool character. Um, I'm going to be talking about my protagonist from The Sometime Sister. Um, her name is Grace Burnett. And it's kind of um, an interesting, almost therapeutical thing, I suppose. But with Grace, she's dealing with some uh, really serious grief issues and guilt. And uh, some of that is uh, not autobiographical, but touches into some of the same things I've experienced and that most people have experienced. So Grace is going to be explaining to you how she became the kind of woman who went from being totally devastated and guilt-ridden to kind of taking control of her own life. I'm going to have Grace ask a question to one of the other main characters, Katie, because Katie's dealing with the death of her father. And one of the things that's um, interesting and, I don't know, sad, but also important about grief is how it affects people so differently. So with Grace, she becomes, I, I'm going to say, I'm Grace. I became so obsessed with trying to make it up to my sister, knowing that she was gone. I couldn't make it up to her. I should have forgiven her. I didn't forgive her. She sort of did the unforgivable, but as her sister, her older sister, I should have risen above it. So I'm kind of plagued with some guilt as well as just the terrible loss. With Katie, is guilt part of her reaction? I don't, I don't think she feels guilt. I think she has had a very sheltered life and that was on purpose because her, her parents are very uh, overprotective. So I think for Katie, it's, it's just absolute shock that um, really the person that she most counts on in her entire life can just poof, vanish. And so for Katie, her whole reaction is just, uh, just a lot of shock and, just like she's been, I don't know what the word is, just like slugged in the stomach. And, and as Grace, I, I really kind of understand that because Grace isn't the one who feels so much shocked at, at what's happened, it's, it, uh, that kind of loss. But it's how could something like that happen to my charmed sister, Stella? Everything went her way. I mean, everything from being the most beautiful, the most talented, the favored daughter to taking the man that I thought I loved, but, and yet she, she died and she just left it all. Now I know Kim's character is kind of out of this world. <laughs> Literally. Yes. Well, Harlow is, um, she grew up on a forgotten Mars colony. And as Harlow, I don't have the time to deal with my grief because it's all about survival on Mars. Um, we have to fight for everything. And not only that, as Harlow, I'm, I'm the Robin Hood of the colonies, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with um, the, the bureaucrats that were sent to Mars because they were looking for adventure, but we all resent them because they're there for adventure, but we're there for survival because we grew up there. And um, so her mother, you know, as Harlow, she doesn't allow me to, to deal with the grief of my father. In fact, she doesn't allow me to speak about him, to even talk about it. So I don't get to deal with that because I'm so busy, you know, just trying to survive, just trying to get by, but my mother doesn't let me deal with it either. And so part of my development 
as Harlow is finally coming to a place of, of having to recognize that grief and finally deal with it. And when it does, it, it, it almost even challenges who I am as a person. It, it, it's almost a, a breakdown in identity to even to realize that this strong person that I've become can be so wrecked when that day of reckoning comes, when, when the grief, you know, finally bubbles to the surface, it, it just wrecks me, you know, and it, but you get to build back up from there, ultimately better because there are so many behaviors and things that stem from un, unredressed, undealt with grief that I didn't even realize as Harlow. So, you know, all that is dealt with never goes away. That was a wise saying. And so when she finally deals with it, it's, she's better off. Yeah, I felt like um, that I was one of those vases and April's going to be able to tell me the name of this, but it's the Japanese art uh. of piecing broken items together using gold seams to connect them. April, what is that? Kensugi. There you go. Kensugi. And I felt like as Grace, that was me that I feel like that's what happens to everyone who deals with grief, who finally deals with it is that you're not going to be the same. You're going to have those lines through your life and, and breaks that are reminding you they're, they're healed, but not, not healed in the way you think they're going to heal, but uh, they do make you stronger. And I, I think as Grace, that was a really hard thing. And that's what was so interesting to me about the trajectory of the book is that I don't know that I intended for Grace to progress quite as much as she did. She kind of took over. And once she said, okay, what I've done, I haven't been able to forgive Stella, but I think she knows I would have. And then she can move on from there. And April's is not a woman dealing with grief, but a woman who is dealing with kind of being on her own, sort of in a man's world. I think you can explain that more about the, the yeah. antiques, but a woman who has to face things she never thought she would have to face. So tell us that, about Casey. That's true. Thank you, Kathy. One of the things that I admire about all three of your books is that uh, you portray strong women fighting against uh, sometimes insurmountable odds and as you go through the battle, you become stronger. My character, Casey Hunt's a little different. She started out having a rel relatively uh, easy time of it. She had friends, a family that um, cared about her, although they didn't understand quite uh, what she was about. But through circumstances of her no doing, um, she encounters hateful people in some dangerous situations and she's tested now. And the challenge for her is, will she grow stronger or will it break her? Because she's pretty much uh, on her own, or so she thinks. Yeah. And what for for people who are trying to create characters, for writers, and especially women writers who are trying to create your characters, I, I guess there's all sorts of different ways to do it. For me, 
I pretty much start with my characters. Grace was with me from the beginning. And Stella, her sister, had to be with me from the beginning. From there, everybody kind of developed through their lens. It wasn't what I thought about Stella's vicious husband. It was what Grace thought about him. And it wasn't what I thought about discovering secrets that my mother had kept from me that were pretty important for me to know. It, it was about how Grace felt about those. And I ha don't remember even planning for those secrets to have been in the book. I might have, I might've had it in the back of my mind, but I still feel like Grace said, Oh, this is going to make things make sense. This is what happened. So that's fun, but it's scary because you don't know when to let go and when to rein it in, but that's what rewrites are for. You brought up an interesting point and uh, I wonder if Kim and uh, Gabby can relate to that too. Uh, so much of what we bring to our writing is somewhat autobiographical. We're reflecting maybe the growth of ourselves or people we had hoped we would be and transform them. But I think in the process uh, is self-discovery too. And I find as I've been going in the past with my character and going back to my actual past, that I'm remembering things long forgotten. And that's both a pleasure and sometimes uh, not pleasant. Well, it shows, I think, the bravery that you need to be a writer, especially, I think, a woman writer, because you're going to find some things going on in your background that, you know, you didn't know they were affecting you until, for me, until my character said, these are affecting you. And so I think that's true. And I know we talked about this in the last episode with Gabby about how much her Hungarian background came to the front ground, <laughs> sort of. Right. Yeah. It was sort of an examination of my entire life to, to write this book and, you know, why I am the way that I am. And, you know, what you were talking about, April, is that, um, I mean, for Katie, it's, it's in the present. But for me personally, when my dad died 20 years ago, and now I'm trying to write, you know, I've, and I even went through like all to the middle of the book where I had to even decide, does a dad actually die? I mean, it was my choice at that point. And I got stuck actually for a pretty long time saying, well, should he die? Should he live? What if he lives? And then I had to, I remember reading, you know, the scene in our critique group, reading the scene where he dies and wondering if I was just going to break down and cry and just lose it. And I didn't because it was so far in the past. I think you didn't completely because Katie took over. You know, that's kind of creepy, but I really think Maybe. because I don't like to read out my stuff out loud. I've gotten much better about it, but I think when I stepped away and let Grace do the talking, I came out of myself and it felt okay. I wasn't right. so frightened. Right. I, Cause I never did either. I never cried. I never sat there and cried. You guys were there and I never, I never lost it. And I was sure that I would. Which is what's kind of scary and, and beautiful about turning things over to your character. And Harlow is, she's such a cool character. I, if I were Grace, I'd be going, tell me how to be like you, Harlow. It's interesting. You, know, you, you, you pointed that out too, uh, Kim, because you're talking about a character, writing about a character, how many years in the future? 
and yet people seem so real. A lot of what they say, think, their actions are very much similar to ours today. Uh, did you find that you were tapping into the present and transforming it somehow into the future? Oh, for sure. Because I, I, I think we all want the same things, no matter what time we're from, no matter where we're at, you know, what we want are the same things. We want love. We want acceptance. We want to belong, you know, and Harlow also grew up with a speech disorder, which is something that my youngest daughter deals with. Yeah. And so we have this, this theme of belonging that goes through the book and it's part of her character arc, you know, is, is trying to belong and having this thing about her that's, that's different that she has to overcome, but ultimately ends up being a strength for her. Um, but also the bigger theme of belonging is she's part of this Mars colony, this forgotten Mars colony. But if she becomes something more than a thief, this Robin Hood type character of these colonies, like she's eventually invited to become part of the crew on this ship that they finally get up and running. The, the, the Prince of Great Britain comes to the colony and they get this ship up and running, this dormant ship that's going to help, um, fund the colony as it transports or that they some things that they mine out of, out of Mars. Um, so she's invited to to work there. But that theme of belonging comes in because if, if she works there on the ship, long story short, her dad used to be the captain of, of that ship. She finds out the father that passed. But then is she rejected by these colonists, the other thieves, the other scrappers, the other people that were just trying to survive? Can she belong there anymore? You know, can she go home again, so to speak? You know, so it's that theme of belonging. And, and we, we want that right now. We'll want that a thousand years from now. We wanted that in the past. We want to belong. We want to feel like we're part of our tribe, right? So I think that's a really great way to kind of wrap this up, too, because I feel like this is our tribe. Yes, I mean, we are. Yes. We are the wild women. But we want to be we want to encourage women writers not to be afraid to, to go for it. I mean, your goal may be to get published. Your goal may be, may be to get um, people to subscribe to your blog. Your may, goal may just be to be heard and to be belong and to get affirmation. And I think women are really good about giving affirmation to other women. And I think we really need to be even better about it. I think we can. So anybody else want to wrap anything up? This has been so we much fun. Just woman united. That's right. <laughs> right. Yes, so. indeed. We need to support each other, you know, and, and cheer each other on when we get a victory. You know, if we get an article published or a book published, we should cheer each other on instead of, you know, <laughs> yeah, the, the backbiting or whatever that goes on sometimes, you know, be there, yeah. and be if, you, if you want to be heard, you can be heard. You know, and, and speaking up for people that have the same things that you have going on, issues with grief, issues with being a woman trying to be on her own or whatever it is, you're going to find commonality with your uh, audience and support from female writers, which I think is really important. I have to put a quick plug in for Jenny Milchman, who is one of those very successful authors who took some time to give me some pointers. Um, and gave me a spotlight in her newsletter. And she's up there with some really, uh, I think, very influential 
uh, popular women writers. And I want to thank her. And I want to thank all the people in this room because I feel like you're just as important. So thank you. Thank you. You're more than welcome. Thank so you. join us next time. And if you have comments or questions, please send them to us and we will try to address them. Uh, so for now, goodbye, everyone. Until next time.